0: you know we're uh, we're in our end of our series called necessities. Uh, my name is Bob Martin and uh, I have the privilege of being lead pastor here at St. Paul and I just want to welcome all of you. Uh, welcome to you whether you're visiting with us or whether you're part of the St. Paul family or whether you're just checking us out for the day. You are welcome here and I want to invite you to come and to tune in with us at any time. In fact, if you want to know more about our church, just go to stpaulumc.org. Uh, check us out. We've got an app as well. You can download that. Lots of things that are happening. We want you to be a part of this wonderful church. Well, we're ending our series on necessities, we've been talking about um, some uh, thoughts and feelings and just some things that we've discovered since we've all been kind of uh, you know, put away for this uh, pandemic. And we've talked about needs that we've had. And we've learned a lot through this about ourselves, and we've learned a lot about God, and we've understood that, that we have strength to tap into that we never even knew that we had, but that strength comes from Christ. He is the sole one, and we can do all things through him, can't we? Amen to that? We can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. So uh, today we're, we're ending that series, we're talking about love, and uh, more specifically, we're, we're talking about the question, am I loved? Now, I don't know about you, uh, maybe you've, you've asked that question. You know, there are two innate needs that every human being has, and that is to love and to be loved. And uh, so it's important that we address this today. I was thinking about love, and I was, I was thinking about um, the proposal that I made to Patty. Now, you know, depends upon who you talk to, I will give you the truth Patty kind of stretches, you know how she tells stories and stretches stuff a little bit, but always listen to me, I'll tell you the truth. And, and I was, um, I remember it was a quiet place, I had her full attention, I got down on a knee, and I looked her straight into her beautiful green eyes, and I said, I said, sweetheart, I love you more than anything. I just, I, I want you to marry me, but, but I want you to know that, that I don't have a lot of money, I don't have a yacht, I don't drive a Rolls Royce, I don't have any of that stuff that Johnny Green has. And Patty looked at me and her eyes lit up and she said, Bob, before I give you my answer, tell me a little bit more about Johnny Green. <laughs> well, you know, love is, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? Love is, is one of those things that when it grabs a hold of you, it doesn't let go. In fact, if you've ever been in love, you know what I mean. Um, it, it, it fills our hearts, it makes us giddy, it makes us um, excited about what's happening in life. In fact, a friend of mine said to me that the best definition of love is imagine a puppy just kissing your face all day long, uh, how that just makes you giggle, laugh and all. So love is one of those things that we feel, it's an emotion that we hold on onto. Uh, we have love in our marriages, we have love in our relationships, we have love in our families. And that's something that, that is such a, a true asset that we bring to the table, is this uh, ability to love and to be loved. The problem we run into with love is that not all of us can experience what I would call a great kind of love. In fact, some of us have had what I call troubled love, haven't we? You know, sometimes we, we, we don't have relationships in the way that we want, and where we thought we were in love, it just ended wrong, and, and, and there's hurt. Uh, Marriages end in divorce at times. And and so sometimes love evades us. So today I wanna talk about, not about love that you and I have for each other or for ourselves. I wanna talk about a love that does never end. I wanna talk about a love that is pure, a love that is perfect, a love that, that fills you and fulfills you in so many ways. Do you know the love that I'm talking about? I'm talking about the love of God. And when we tap into the love of God, when you tap into the love of God, You will never be the same. Trust me, you will be a person of newness. You know, the scriptures are full of the words love. In fact, if we were to dissect the scriptures, all books of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and all those books in between, we would find out through the holy scriptures that the word love, loving, or loved is used more than 733 times in fact, if we, if we add an act of love, which is called giving, if we add giving into it, an act of love, we see over 3,000 mentions of the word loved or a derivative of love in our holy scriptures. The apostle Paul, uh, in one of his letters to the church in Corinth, he writes in the first letter, chapter 13, many call it the love chapter. Paul is talking about not just relationships of, of love in general, but he's talking about the love that we have within the church, And Paul says that that love is important. In fact, it is this asset that we want to hold on to. Paul says that, that there's no greater attribute for the unlovely than to be loved. And Paul says that God gives that. It's a treasure that loosens and unfastens those that are shackled, that feel that they can't be loved. Love from God and love through the church, love that we give each other, releases us of all those things. And Paul writes that in all things faith hope and love that the greatest is what he says the greatest of these is love that's why god created us in the first place you know theologians they've debated this for it's like a congress they they debate and they debate and they debate about you know why were we created and what was behind god's Um, decision to do that, And, and some have actually said that God got bored one day and created humanity. I don't believe that at all. In fact, as I read the scriptures, what it comes very clear to me is God created us not as an afterthought. God created us not because he was bored, but God created us because he loves us. God has so much love that he created you and me that he empowers us, and he gives us that love that is there. So when you boil it down to the greatest attribute of love and the greatest importance comes from God. So if we were to define love today, the God kind of love, I think it's the Apostle John who gets us the closest to the meaning of what love is. Here's what he says in John chapter 3, verse 16. He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall never perish, shall never die, but have eternal life. It's a 26-word parade of love, isn't it? It begins with God and it ends in life. And everything in between, God is telling and teaching us how to not only love him, but, but also to love one another. In fact, those 26 words of John 3.16 are, are easy enough that you can write them on a napkin while you're at lunch. You can text it on your phone in, in a few seconds. But they have withstood the time uh, the, the challenges and the, and the uh, difficulties of time for over 2,000 years, and they remain true. A friend of mine said, Bob, if you know nothing of the Bible, make sure that you know John 3.16, because when you know John 3.16, you know the words of life. And I thought about that, and, and he's so true, isn't he? Uh, because the truth comes out with that. As humans, though, we, we fall short of loving one another, don't we? We, we say things that, that harm each other. We have sin in our life. Uh, we try to dehumanize each other. We call each other labels and names. If I don't like what I see you doing or if I don't believe in what you believe, then I'm going to uh, say things to ridicule you. That's called sin, okay? And we humans, we do that. And, and so, therefore, we find out that the greatest part of love that we need to learn and how to love comes from the cure that's given to us by the great physician himself. In fact, John 3.16 sums it up that God loves, God gave, we believe, and we live. And that is the heartbeat of what that passage means. Max Lucado, a great Christian author, he's a pastor as well, he said this. He said, the words are to Scripture what the Mississippi River is to America, an entryway into the heartland. He says, when you you think about these words, you can either believe them or dismiss them. You can embrace them or you can cast them aside. But he said, but the point is, you can never get away from the truth about what love means as written in the words of the Apostle John chapter three, verse 16. He says, love is a word of action and love proves itself by what it does. Locato goes on to write, he says that that love that does not serve is seduction, love that does not listen is a lie, love that does not provide is phony, love that does not fulfill is fake, love that does not give is a gimmick, for God so loved the world that he gave the importance of those worlds. Not not because we in the world deserve to be forgiven, not because we in the world deserve the gift of Jesus Christ, not because we are so good and deserving in any of that, but God chooses despite who we are, despite our sinfulness, despite the wretchedness of what we can be, God chooses in the midst of that to love us anyway. Let me, let me tell you, you know, when we, when we look at stuff like this, we find that, that these words can get a little messy, can't they? So let, let me kind of push it a little bit. So let's just say that, that, that you want to seek revenge on somebody and that you just had a vengeful uh, uh, part of your body. You just want to get revenge. Did you know that God so loved you, the person wanting revenge that he gave his son? Uh, let's say you whisper words of gossip behind somebody's back. Did you know that God so loves you, the gossiper, that he gave his one and only son? What, what about um, you get angry because you don't get your way and you're making it well known to everybody that you're angry? Did you know that God so loved the angry that he gave his one and only son? You secretly engage in unhealthy behavior. Let's say you've taken on an addiction. Did you know that God so loves the addicted? that he gave his one and only son. Uh, you're hateful towards others in and, and words that you say and you constantly point out all the things that you think are wrong in their life. Did you know that God so loves you as a heretic that he gave his one and only son? You see, we find out this is hard stuff and, and I know what you're thinking. You know, how can God love bad people like that, Bob? Well, let me just tell you, that's who God is. And let's be grateful for that because we're the bad people and God chooses to love us through all things. Paul says that God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for our sins. So knowing that we were sinners, God comes into the world as Jesus, dies on a cross anyway, knows that we're not perfect, knows that we're broken, and he chooses to die because of the love that he has. And that means that, that Jesus Christ died not only for believers, but he died for non-believers. He died not only for the righteous, but he died for those who fall greatly from that. Christ died for all of us but here's something else that the scriptures teach us. It teaches us that, that Jesus has not come to condemn the world, but he's come to reveal and to save it, to provide a way of escape for those who were shuttered in the darkness. Jesus is the light, isn't he? And he promises to come into the world to shed the sinfulness of the world, the darkness of this world. He comes to bring light so that we can see new life. He, he doesn't come to condemn the world or to judge it, but his judgment is appears in the fact that he will come again, and we will face him. And at that moment, we will reconcile and be reconciled through his righteousness because of our belief in who he is and the forgiveness of our sins. Say those words with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Let me give you an example. In the Old Testament, there's a there's a minor prophet. His name is Hosea. And Hosea um, is an interesting story. Hosea is a, a great guy. Um, he wants to fall in love with someone, and he does. And he marries Gomer. Now, folks, I, I know Gomer. I would not name my daughter Gomer. Uh, she'd be the laughingstock. When I think of Gomer, I think of that guy Pyle on the show with the Marines. But anyway, her parents named her Gomer, okay? But she was a beautiful woman. But guess what? She loved lots of men, even when she was married and she, she had relationship after relationship after relationship in a marriage covenant with her husband, Hosea. She basically ditched that, she broke his heart, she wrecked his life, she wrecked her own life. And a point comes in the story where she sold into slavery to pay off the debts of her crime. Guess who buys her back out of slavery? Her husband, Hosea. And the interesting part about the story is, um, in, a, in, a, in a thought bucket with that, is he doesn't ever take his wedding band off. He continues to stay married with her as she's living that kind of life and he buys her back out of slavery. And he comes to restore the marriage covenant with her to teach her about the awesomeness of this love. You see, God uses this story to talk about the love relationship that God has with us. Here's what it says In Hosea 3, it says, The Lord said to me, this is Hosea speaking, Go show your love to your wife again, though she's loved by another and is is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods, and they love the sacred raisin cakes. God is saying that his love can cover a multitude of sins, and God's love never fails. You see, that's called agape love. What is agape love? Agape love is the love that comes from God. It's, it's a love that is, is beyond just a relationship. It's a love that, that spurns into service. It's a love that spurns into uh, transformations of heart. It comes from God. It's not a human kind of love, but it comes from God. But we as human beings, we can translate by our actions and by who we are, what agape love is. Let me share it with you in a couple of examples. Uh, years ago, as I pastored a church in Orlando, I had this beautiful uh, older couple that was a part of our church. She had gotten on in years and dementia began to, to really take hold of her life, and she had gotten to the point where she couldn't remember anything. Her husband could come in the room and she did not even recognize who he was. The time had come where he had to make some pretty large decisions. He knew he could not take care of her on his own anymore, so he placed her into an assisted living facility. Now, for those of you that have ever made that decision, you know how hard that decision is, but you make that decision out of love. And I went to visit him one time, and when I walked in the room, um, I saw her. She was sitting up in a chair. She was dressed to the nines. Her hair was well coiffed. She had uh, bedazzled jewelry all over her, and her husband had a big grin as he greeted me as I came into the room. He said, you know, I get here at 6.45 every morning. He said, I guess I should be on the payroll. He said, I I dress her, I clean her, I wash her, I fix her hair, I delicately pick out every bit of her jewelry to match what I dress her for the day, and I put on her makeup because she's just so beautiful, and I will do this until one of us dies. Folks, that's agape love, a love that is of God and a love that serves. I have another story to share that, Another one of my churches in Orlando, um, their son had, had been in an automobile accident, and, and that accident was so tragic he became a quadriplegic. And, and he uh, basically was, was bedridden for the rest of his life. And his father had to continue to work to sustain the ability to, to pay for the health care and, and the ability to care for his son and the home and everything else that was there. And, and so his father worked during the day, and as he worked during the day, health care workers came in like assisted nurses, and they came in and they took care of his son, and part of the ritual of taking care of his son was every hour they had to roll him over in the bed and they had to um, get out all of the fluid from his lungs and have him cough it out and suck it out with the apparatus, and, and then they had to roll him over on the other side to make sure that he wouldn't get bed sores. And they did this hour after hour after hour. When his father got home from work, the healthcare workers went away. And his father told me, he said, I set my alarm every hour so that in the evening I can get up and I can rotate my son and I can go through the breathing exercises and remove the fluid from his lungs. And I said, what is it that inspires you year after year, hour after hour to do something like that? And he said, it's, it's, it's like God's love of me and my love for my son. It's agape love, a love that is, that is so important. You know, the love that endures all of this is is the kind of love that we need to recall that, that God has for us. You know, you can never feel unloved. You can never feel unlovely because the one who created you created you out of love. And he created you in his image, which means that you live as the face of God here on the earth. You know, when I think about love and I think about our church, I, I think about the hopes and dreams that I have for St. Paul United Methodist Church. I, I, I think about um, how much I love this church and, and how I hope that, you know, daily that we continue to strive on this mission to love not as some kind of superficial love, but a, but a love that is really from the heart. And that's what informs our first value, which is, which is we love God and others. We, we love because we are loved. That comes from John's first letter. We love because God first loved us. So because we know that we're loved by God, what I love about our churches is that we strive daily, and we strive uh, moment by moment to make sure that we give back the love of God to others. I'm saying my dream for, for St. Paul United Methodist Church is, is, is that we'll be a church of love. And, and, and what I don't want is I don't want our church to known, be known by children's programs or youth programs or adult programs or ministries. Those are all important things, but I don't want us to be known by that. I don't want us to be known by preaching and, and music and all that. I want us to be known because we love people. And I want people to think about this church and I want them to say, I am a part of that church because... I feel loved. My dream is that, that people will say, you know that church over there, the one that's uh, on the corner of Highland and Rosary? You know, there's something different about that church. You know, they, they really demonstrate that they do love and, and they do it because they don't cast judgment on people. They know that people are different. They know that, that people make choices in life. They know that people live differently than maybe they do but they don't judge them for that. They love them unconditionally. And even in those moments they struggle, they strive to continue to do that. You see, I want our church to be not a church of judgment. I want our church to be a church that accepts people for who they are, that we can come alongside differences that we may have, beliefs that we may have, but love them for who they are so that we can walk with them in this life of faith. You know, it was once said, I think Rick Warren, the pastor of Saddleback Church said, God loves you just the way that you are, but too much to let you stay that way. So I want us to be a church that loves people in that kind of capacity. You see, love is, is important, and love is the key of what it's all about. And what I want most about this church is, I want us to be a church where basically people will look at us and say, they have a love for all the people of Pinellas County regardless of color, regardless of race, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of gender, regardless of orientation, whatever labels that we put on things out there, that this is a church that loves people. And that's the important part, how we become an agape church, a church that is built upon love. So how do we get that kind of love? I think the Apostle Paul leads us very nicely to the place where we know. Paul says in Ephesians 3, 17 and 18, read this along with me. I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your heart, living within you as you trust him. May your roots go deep into the soil of God's marvelous love, and may you be able to feel and understand how long, how wide, how deep, how high his love really is, and experience this for yourself. Now listen, let do something with me. Now let's let's put this into first person. Instead of you and yours, let's put me and my and I. Let's read this again in that. Uh, I pray that Christ be more and more at home in my heart, living within me as I trust him. May I may my roots go deep into the soil of God's marvelous love, and may I be able to feel and understand how long, how wide, how deep, how high uh, God's love really is, and experience this for myself. That's my prayer for you today. That's my prayer for all of us, is that we can experience the depth, the height, the all of the capacities of the love of God. You see, God's love is built on something. It's built upon Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.